glad you joined us for New Hope's Sermon of the Week. For more resources, be sure to contact newhopecom.org. We hope you enjoy this week's message. So, uh, good morning. I'm honored to be speaking, and we've just come off a three-week series on called Unbroke. It had to do with uh, breaking barriers in our financial, uh, the area of giving and our understanding of fi- finances and poverty mindsets and kingdom mindsets. It was excellent. So if you're a guest this morning, um, I would highly recommend it. It's really worth listening to. But what we did last week was we called it a Breakthrough Sunday. And, we, and you know, to, to even believe for a breakthrough requires faith. So we did a Breakthrough Sunday. There was a great response. And um, for the next three weeks, we're going to be doing this thing called Next Level. Next Level, walking in your breakthrough. And I get to kick it off today, but next week you'll be hearing from Joy uh, Hogan and then John Lampanero as we head into Easter Sunday with John Wel- Jonathan Welton. So have your hearts continue to be expecting. It's going to be really good. And um, God's got us on a journey. So I was... Uh, Seeking the Lord about, you know, I like little phrases. The Lord will speak to me in little phrases. So I'm at Wegmans. I'm getting some groceries. I look at the magazine in front of me. You know, there's like 100 magazines there. It's a whole process of which ones not to read and which ones to read, right? You know, the process of the checkout counter. And on the main article says, where do we go from here? So the article was, where do we go from here? And immediately in my spirit, I knew that's how I wanted to start this today. So when the Lord is working in our lives and when the Lord is releasing things to us, so if if this is your very first Sunday, you're going to benefit from what I'm going to share today. Because if you're here for the very first Sunday, the Holy Spirit wants to just begin to work in your heart even now, begin to percolate. And the question is, where do you go from here? If, uh, If you're part of this church family, you know we've been on a journey. But if you're even just new today, the question the Lord says, where do you go from here? Because you're going to be here, even this morning, you heard words about breakthrough. What is breakthrough? Breakthrough Sunday. That we're believing, we sang today that we're believing God for greater things. We're all believing God for greater things. Well, what does that look like? One of the things that we're done is we're crushing unbelief. In order to enter into the promises of God, in order to enter into the yes and amen of God, you've got to destroy unbelief. And we're going to new levels of kingdom living. These aren't just buzzwords. These are realities of kingdom life. Going to new levels. Experiencing God in greater ways. So I'm sitting here, and if you guys ever wonder, I want you to know I'm not scanning Facebook when I'm sitting in the front row. I'm getting downloads. I'll get scriptures. I'll talk into my voice box. I'll get pictures right away. So this is kind of a funny one, but I want to, the Lord, I I was scanning for a picture. I had one in mind, but this one here is going to do, because I want to show you a picture. So let's put that picture up. This was like this morning. (laughs) Who is that guy? (laughs) Look at that hair. Would you not look at that hair? (laughs) This is one of JoJo's favorite pictures of me. I'm 21 years old in that picture. So we're going to leave me over here because I can't reproduce myself right here. But we're going to use the picture. So there's me. 
21 years old, 38 years ago, and here's me today. So I'm sitting here thinking about all the preparation that I've done for the message, and the Holy Spirit begins to reveal to me how many breakthroughs I've had since that picture and since I'm standing here today. How many breakthroughs? Because the crazy thing about it, in that picture there, it's October. Well, I had a radical conversion in March of 1980, right around this time. Today's March 11th. So 38 years ago, I was 21 years old, and I was sitting in a jail cell. And I never declared Jesus as Lord, and religion was a bunch of junk to me, and I come from a pretty dysfunctional family with a lot of pain. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting in a jail cell, and I have a revelation. I have an encounter with Jesus. And the encounter was pretty simple. The encounter was that he knew everything I'd ever done. And that he wanted to forgive me of all my sin. That was the encounter. And so I said yes. I bowed my knee to Jesus. At that moment, I was transformed. You know, the scripture says that you go from the dominion of darkness transferred into the kingdom of his son. It's called the quickening. You're born again. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. So right here, I'm really young in this journey crazy thing about it, isn't that picture? I'm totally forgiven of all my sin. Past, future, present. I am completely righteous in his eyes. There's nothing I could do in that picture that I could do now apart from the work of Christ. There's nothing I deserve. There's there's nothing I did. He did it all, right? So now we're on a journey. So from that picture to here, it's called a journey in God. It's a journey. So breakthroughs, it's kind of funny the word breakthrough because if I could go back in time, I realized that I was a new creation. But I, did I fully know what a new creation meant at that time? Was I walking in the fullness of everything that I'd ever received? Let's be honest, I'm a little baby. I am a baby Christian learning about the ways of Jesus and the kingdom. And I'm learning and I'm growing and I'm maturing, and I'm developing. And then sometimes you hit a ceiling or a wall, and you realize that you need a breakthrough. Breakthrough, breakthrough is advancement. Breakthrough is like, we know the term breakthrough. It was a medical breakthrough. It was a breakthrough. It was something substantial that brought us to a new level. Uh, We think of breakthrough in um, medicine. There's technology. There's breakthroughs that change our life drastically. There's a breakthrough when the refrigerator was created. The ice guys lost their job, right? The horse with the guy with the ice no longer had a job, right? Automation and technology and factories. It's technology, it's advancement, it's breakthrough. And we get to experience breakthrough in our Christian walk. But here's the cool thing about that breakthrough. So just want you to look at that guy over there. And here's the reality. I'm not even the same person anymore, Right? We're not the same person. But I want you to know that he experienced an encounter with Jesus and he was on a path of transformation. So breakthroughs are transformation moments and they change you. So I just want to, so see you later, little Ralph there, 21-year-old Ralphie. (laughs) We're going to put up the next slide because I want to lay some foundation for where we're going because I think we're all going to build on a few things. 
2 Corinthians 3.18, if you've never read the scripture, I want to share it with you. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into the image, into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is a spirit. The one that you behold is the one that you become. The one that you behold and you look to is the one that you become. The, The transformation process of being conformed into the image of his son is a process. So it's that journey, but he's taking us from glory to glory. The heart of the Father is to bring you on a journey from glory to glory, not from setback to setback, disappointment to disappointment. He wants to bring us to glory, to freedom. Now these words are going to have different things. To freedom, to sonship, to daughters and love sons, to, to breaking off of us old mindsets, orphan hearts, Poverty mindsets, things that hold us back. So the fullness of what God wants to reveal to us and what he wants us to participate in, it's a journey of breakthrough after breakthrough, glory after glory. So it's so important to understand that we're being transformed from glory to glory. Greater revelation of the true nature of the heart of God is, is, is transformation uh, revelation. We receive revelation of, let's not be so complicated, God reveals himself. Revelation means I could not, now with unveiled faces, there was a veil, now the veil is lifted and I can see clearly. And things are being revealed to us. Revelation means they're being revealed to us. The true nature of the heart of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What is he like? How does he feel about me? What does it look like to live in the kingdom of God? What does it look like to repent, to change the way we've been thinking, or to come into new kingdom understanding? God is revealing himself so that he can be known by you. God is revealing himself because he wants to be known by you. He wants you to know him. 2 Corinthians 2.14 2 Corinthians 2.14 is the next one I want to put up there. I'm going to read off this because I did different translations. This is NIV. But thanks be to God. But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal, triumphal procession. Triumphant. Triumphal. Right, Bethy? And uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. New King James, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. I love the message on this one. Sometimes it's just so fun to look at the message. Sometimes it fits perfectly. 2 Corinthians 2.14, in the Messiah, in Christ, God leads us from place to place in one perpetual victory parade. In the Messiah, in Christ, God leads us from place to place in one perpetual victory parade. Through us, he brings knowledge of Christ everywhere we go. People breathe in the exquisite 
exquisite, uh, exquisite. I practiced that dang word today. I'm telling you, I practiced. <laughs> the exquisite, the gorgeous, the fabulous aroma of Christ, the fragrance of Christ. God leads us from place to place in this victory parade. If you don't believe that he is leading you in victory, because there's a neat thing here. It says, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. I looked up the word always. It means always. <laughs> I did a three-day, it means always. But see, we could establish a mindset, a, a, a hindering, a, a limited belief system, a lie from the pit of hell that says, well, he, no, he doesn't always lead us in triumph. If somebody says to me he doesn't always lead us in triumph, I'll say 2 Corinthians 2.14 says he does. The word of God says he does. He takes us from glory to glory. He always leads us in triumph. He takes us from one place to the next place because his heart is for us, it's not against us. It's for us. Philippians 3, 12 to 14 is the next one I just want to highlight. This is amazing scripture. I'm just going to read it here and in, in, in wherever that translation is. Not that I have already attained. Not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected. I just want to stop there a minute. I got the picture of myself 21 years old, 38 years ago, right? It's crazy, crazy stuff here. Everything was received by faith in seed form. But I was not, the things that I had received, I had not even, I, I, I wasn't living them. So it's this idea that all of us, when Joy said that each one of us is on a journey, we're all in a different place on the journey. And it's so important for you to understand that you are on the journey and God is working in your life. You're not perfected yet, but you're a new creation. Right. And you're not perfect, but you're on a journey of going from glory to glory. Yeah. He's leading you in triumph. You have to believe that he's leading you in victory. Yeah. Not that I've already, this is Paul the Apostle talking. Not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. You want to live and walk and be in the lifestyle of breakthrough? You have to press in. But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Jesus Christ had laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended but the one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. I'm reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Highlighted, bold, italic, upward call. The heart of the Father for his kids is bringing you upward into victory, maturity, Growing, knowing who you are. You're not, you've not already attained, but you're pressing in. And how important it is to let them things go that are in the past. The past, man, you can get stuck, you can get derailed, you can get sidetracked, you can get off track. But the one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, I reaching towards those things which are ahead. You know, there's a reality of even, you know, 
we celebrated our 40th reunion as a, as a high school this last year. Same way the church celebrated its 40th anniversary. Something about like 40 or turning 60 for me next year. Mark DeCorey is ahead of me, my brother. Mark's already turned 40 this week. Marky here, where's Marky? Is he serving? Marky turned 60 this week, so give Mark a big shout out. But there's something about all the reminiscing. I'm on a Facebook page for my Athena high school football team, and all the guys are posting videos, and we're, you know, Bruce Springsteen song, Glory Days. You know, we're all going down Glory Days. You know, and like the, the, the good old days, and man, we were amazing, and it was fun being part of a championship football team, and you have all these floods of memories. But you know, even all the victories, you got like to move on. I don't want to live in my victory from 20 years ago. I don't want to live in a victory I had five years ago. I want to, like, there is, so when we're going from glory to glory, like, there is, like, there's a reality of I had a trans, I had a transformation three years ago. I'm experiencing another transformation. I thought I knew the love of God the Father. I'm, I'm, having breakthrough, a whole new level, a new level of understanding the love of the Father. I thought I was a generous giver. I'm just going to share a story from Wanda and I. We were trained. You know, you have to be taught and trained and equipped to live in kingdom living. We were trained for years, and a lot of you will relate to this. It was 10%, man. It was 0.10. You lived it. You did it. It was normal. But, you know, 15 years later, I'm being honest with you, I was stuck at like 10%. It became, it became a requirement. It, became, it wasn't even like it was a bad requirement. I just got stuck in something. And then the Holy Spirit began to work in us and said, you know, we can boost that to 12. We can boost that to 15. We can boost that to 20% of our income or greater. The point would be it's not being stuck. The revelation I had on generosity 10 years ago has changed. Amen. It's just changed. You're on a journey of glory to glory, of victory to victory. Of, of understanding. But we're pressing toward the goal for an upward call. There's an upward call. Breakthrough. A sudden, dramatic, important discovery or development. A major breakthrough in DNA research, right? A sudden, dramatic, important discovery. Now, last three weeks here at New Hope, as a family, there has been teaching, biblical understanding. God is releasing, revealing revelation of what it looks like to live in the kingdom. I know for a fact that there are some here who have confided to me and talked to me and said they had never given before. And then they had a breakthrough. It was a sudden, dramatic, important discovery. And they realized, wow, I'm part of the kingdom. And my grandfather and my father never gave a dollar to the church. I'm the first one who's going to start sowing into the advancement of the kingdom in my generation. You don't think that's a dramatic, sudden breakthrough? And now all of a sudden you're thinking generationally. Now I'm thinking about my kids and my grandkids and my great-grandkids. Because I experienced a breakthrough in my thinking. And it had to do in the area of finances or giving or sowing and reaping or generosity. 
And there's more here. I have more areas of breakthrough. It's not just in giving. We want to be able to highlight that. It's not just in giving. We focused on it because we believe the Lord said we need to talk about it. And we'll go to a new level as a church family. But God is revealing things to us. And as he reveals things to us, they cause us to change. So here's a little, here, here's a little point. I see it as a defining moment, kind of crossroads point, as I was praying into this. Because what I just said is not true, in a way. God revealing things to us causes us to change. I'm going to change it. God revealing things to us that we put into practice causes us to change. I'm going to share three powerful scriptures with you that I have been impacted by. Revelation, God revealing things to us that we put into practice causes a transformation. So go back to Ralphie, 21 years old. My journey here now. Every time there was a breakthrough, every time God revealed his heart to me, every time he was taking me to a new level of maturity and growing with him and understanding his heart, faith was required each and every time. Obedience was required each and every time. Risk-taking was required each and every time. There are some people new, new here. Juan and I realize that we, uh, uh, there's new people who don't know. We've, we, we raised five children. You know, I'm not, I'm not going down the, oh, it's so horrible. It was just challenges. Come on. There were challenges. There were financial needs. There was things going on in the house, right? We still laughed. That we got like 850-square-foot house. We want to have bathroom. It was awesome. People like all your, your, yeah, we lived in that house. It was very nice. We liked it, right? But we, the point would be there was breakthroughs. You, 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 needed, you needed to understand the transformation process. But God revealing things to us doesn't change us. God revealing things to us and we put them into practice, that will change you. Amen. So one of the things that was really interesting is think of the prayer and the, and the seeking the Lord and what he wants to accomplish in this region through a local church called New Hope, the plans, the dreams, the future. So the courage and the boldness to do a series, three-week series, incredible courage, so beautifully presented. The heart was clear. Didn't have one person come to us and say, you know what, we really feel like you're manipulating us. You're teaching us. But we knew as a leadership team that that one person who had never given before, they gave their first Sunday. Man, they took a risk. They put the breakthrough in there. How many of you know that on Monday, the seed wants to be stolen? You understand? Sunday night, somebody said. Sunday night. Sunday night, doubt, unbelief. What am I, out of my mind? I gave a check. I think they told me I wouldn't have any car repairs. Wednesday, you got a broken car repair. This isn't a crystal ball. This isn't a shake the little eight ball. 
shake the eight ball. Remember when you were a kid? You guys knew that? We, we had a ton of junk in our house that was all witchcraft stuff. But how about, how about shaking? The, yeah, we did Ouija boards. We did shake the eight ball. We had the rubber's foot. My father dropped a salt shaker. It went two times over the shoulder. We knocked on wood. We did it all. Now we're knocking on plastic. All the little superstitions. You don't want to be cursed. Now we're not cursed. We're blessed. But the point there was that I forgot the point. See, that's what happens. <laughs> when you do a bunny trail, you do forget where you were. Who's going to help me? Sunday night. Sunday night. This isn't a crystal ball. This isn't a little rabbit's foot. I'll give and hope no car repairs. No, guess what? You're probably going to have a car repair. If you do the Dave Ramsey course, you're going to find out to find, have an envelope with $1,000 in it for the car repairs but you're still giving and you're still saving and you're still sowing, right? The reality here is it's going to be tested. So part of what the Lord was revealing to me all week is where do we go from here? Is we have to put it into practice. Where do we go from here? In any area of your life that you're longing for breakthrough, you have to hear from the heart of the Father. He's going to show you something you're going to have to put it into practice. You're going to have to put it into practice. Practice makes perfect, Right? I love coaching kids. Your swing, man, your baseball swing, you got to practice that swing. you got to go to the batting cages. Anything in life you want to get good at, you have to practice. It doesn't just come in a, two days. And then the Lord said, there are no easy shortcuts. There's no shortcuts. You receive revelation from the heart of the Father. You're taught things about the kingdom. You're gonna, it's going to require faith. You know, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. That's why it's faith. It's the evidence of things hoped for, the, the, it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Faith is required to walk in, to live in your breakthrough. In the journey there, from, the, from this picture to here, you know that I was believing for a breakthrough 20 years ago, and it took 10 years. Some of these breakthroughs take 10 years. Some will happen suddenly, like overnight. But God is in the journey of the breakthrough process. He's taking me from glory to glory. He's leading me in victory, and in this great victory parade. He's with me, he's for me, but I have to put these things into practice. So God revealing things to us doesn't change us. When he reveals it to you and you put it into practice, another application. How many of you grew up where you did not have a good self-esteem, an awareness of who you were as a person? You grew up and you were confused about your identity and maybe you were beaten down and maybe you didn't know who you were in Christ. You didn't know you were a powerful son or a daughter. You didn't know his goodness. And all of a sudden, he reveals things to you of how good he is and how wonderful he feels about you. You can, you can take that revealing, that revelation, and you can begin to practice that in your life because now when you look in the mirror, you can say, I am love's son. I'm a love son. I'm not an orphan child. I've got a new heart. I'm a new creation. I'm perfect in his eyes. I was perfect in his eyes right there. You realize I was perfect in his eyes. 
38 years ago. I haven't perfected myself to where now I can go, finally, am I perfect in your eyes? He says, you were perfect to me the minute you said yes and bowed your knee and let me come into your life. You were perfect, completely righteous, completely forgiven. You were a new creation, and I've been walking with you all this time, maturing you, perfecting you, helping you, guiding you, taking you from glory to glory. That's how good he is. But putting that into practice, you have to believe it to put it into practice. You have to believe it. He reveals things to us and he does change our mind. Repentance means to change the way you think. Breakthrough. Walking in it, living in it, understanding what it means when God reveals things to you. I wrote down that part. I said, you know, I was a new creation there, but I didn't understand the fullness of it. Now I'm growing even more of my my new creation identity. I'm a love son, that I'm free. How many of you love being free? When you know anyone, and again, that old, that old, this was born again, Ralph, but about six months before that picture was taken, I was bondage, Ralph. I was addicted to stuff. I was a hot mess, Ralph. And there's nothing like being free. I'm whole, I'm healed, I'm free, I'm delivered. I know Jesus Christ. He has changed my life from the inside out, right? I'm a new creation. To live in that freedom, to be healed, to be generous in my lifestyle, to be walking with him in faith and understanding. In order to live and walk in your breakthrough, you're going to have to persevere. Persevere. So again, applying this to the last three-week series was on, on breaking through financial barriers, financial things that we didn't understand or know, coming into new revelation, understanding God revealing to us what it looks like to live in the kingdom of God. And all of a sudden, you're going to be walking through this. It requires faith and obedience, and it will require perseverance to endure. It's a, you're in it for the long haul, okay? I said this already. Practice does make perfect. I want to do the new level slide there for a minute with the scriptures. I have three powerful scriptures that as I reread them and prayed into them, I'm just going to read them really. I'm going to uh, take my time. And again, I don't know. I'm, I told Josiah NIV, but I've I got to be honest with you. Sometimes I'll do New King James here. So bear with me if there's a few little differences. But we're building on the rock. Matthew 7, 24, right through I think it's 28 or whatever it is here. Jesus is talking, okay? Therefore, whoever hears these words of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell. And it was a great fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished, astonished at his teachings. For he taught them as one having authority, not as, not as the scribes. 
In a different translation, it says, therefore, who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. The wise man puts them into practice. The wise woman puts them into practice. The foolish man hears them and does not do them, right? It's really good. No one's going to force you to live in your true identity as a Christian. No one's going to force you to live as a loved son and daughter. No one's going to force you to be taught that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I had a neat compliment this week. I was with some, somebody that I had just met, and I told him I was turning 60. Marky, we gave you a shout-out. Happy birthday, Mark DeCorey. Give him another clap. You weren't here. You weren't here, Marky. My big brother just turned 60 this week. I'm right behind him. I'm right behind Bill, Bill Smith, the bunch of... Who else turned 60? Mark Paul, he was ahead of us, wasn't he? Turned 60? Something about turning 60. So I was with a new friend, and, and, and the person said, whoa, you don't look like you're going to be 60. You know how that goes. You know that compliment. You're like... Start, bat, start, start batting your eyes a little bit. You don't look like you're 60. I go, yes, that's awesome. But you know, part of, and again, I mean, I, you know, we all got our stuff, okay? I'm not saying that, you know, I look like I'm 30, but I don't worry. The Lord Jesus Christ revealed to me Matthew 6 30 years ago. Eight years into my journey. I've been born again for 38 years. About 30 years ago, I was a worry wart. Or I was consumed with worry, and it was actually torment in my life at the time. And I had an encounter with him. He revealed it to me. He revealed it to me. And he said, you know, Matthew, you know what it says? It says in Matthew 6, it says, do not worry. Yeah. That's not complicated. <laughs> do not worry. And then he throws in a little side jet because, you know, you think worrying can add one moment to your life, you're an idiot. And the birds of the air, and everybody's like, do not worry. So I had the revelation of an encounter with him. He says, do not worry. And guess what? I put it into practice. Because when people tell me they're worry warts, it cracks me up. Because you're just getting robbed, man. Worry is like worry. You wear a worry like a badge of honor. I'm a worrier. Good. You're going to die young. I'm being, I know it's mean. I know. I'm a worrier. You don't know me. That's how I was raised. Yeah, thank God we don't have to be like we were raised. Thank God we don't have to be like we were raised. I was raised in stuff I don't even want to talk about. I was raised in stuff, and then I got born again, and now I'm in the kingdom of God, and I've experienced breakthrough, and I've been transformed. Come on. So all of a sudden, we're in this beautiful transformation process. We don't have to be the same. We don't have to think the same. We're on this beautiful journey, okay? But we put it into practice. I do not worry. I trust. People think like, oh, come on, you don't worry. No, I don't, I don't worry. I pray and I trust. I don't live in fear. Because if you live, because what, what the Bible says that he over, it says do not Fear. Do not be afraid. Right. Now, we learned this from Denny Kramer, I think, one of the prophecies to come here. It says in the Bible 365 times, do not be afraid. Yeah. 
because we need to be reminded of it every day. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. We should be like high-fiving each other. Don't be afraid. Do not fear. Because we don't have to fear. We don't have to be afraid. It changes the revelation. If you put it into practice, I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to worry. I can be generous in my giving, transforming. James 1.22. How many of you love James? James 1.22-25. Now James, ever notice that James can be like harsher, right? James is harsher. Everybody think James is a little harsher? When you're reading James, you're kind of like, whoa, James. <laughs> Calm down a little bit. That's how I feel sometimes. James 1.22. But be doers of the word, and not only hearers only, deceiving yourselves. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You know, you realize what a powerful statement that is? If you just hear the word and you don't put it into practice, you're deceiving yourself. I mean, you realize what it, that's what it says. For if, anyone, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the, of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Amen. I mean, that's powerful. So in order to live in breakthroughs, we have to be doers. And doers means I will, I will by faith walk in the truth of what God revealed to me. In this area of sonship, you guys, I, sonship and being loved sons and daughters and knowing our identity in Christ, this is a game changer forever. Yeah. To not just hear that he loves you, but to literally experience that he loves you. Yeah. Fire starters for kids downstairs. I wanted to buy 200 cookies today. Here's the lesson that the kids are learning today. God is in a good mood. He's a loving father. And the kids are going to hear it, and they're going to go, we're hearing God is good, God is good, God is good. And the, the lesson Wanda's doing and Wally's doing is like, do you just want to hear it or you want to taste them? So we got these big Wegmans multi-chunky double chocolate cookies. So think of the lesson for a kid. The kid is, the, do you want to hear about God's goodness or you want to eat this cookie and taste how good he is? Because when they bite the cookie, we're going to be going, this is God. God is like awesome. God is good. I tasted and I seen that God is good. I didn't just hear about it. I actually want to experience it. Again, I like this one. Um, James 1.22 in the message. Do not merely listen to the word. Do not merely listen to the word. And so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. What if a preacher just got up one Sunday and said, we're going to read from James 1.22 today. Do not merely listen to the word. And so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. See you next week. <laughs> done. We're done. Boom, drop the mic. We're done. What more do we got to say? Listen to the word. Do, do not merely listen to the word, be a doer. 
This applies to every area of your breakthroughs. Every one of the breakthroughs, God is going to be a faithful father to reveal to you his heart in that breakthrough. This one here I really love, John 13. I did, Josiah and I had a little like, whoa, moment with this scripture. We were like, whoa, I never saw that before. John 13, 12 to 17. This is powerful. So when, this is Jesus, so when he had washed their feet, taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who sent nor is he who sent who he, I'm sorry, now nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. Jesus is saying he's not greater than the Father. If you know these things, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. He's washing their feet. He's laying down his life. He's teaching them about servant leadership. He's giving them, this is one of the most powerful examples and to me of all the New Covenant teachings. The master, the teacher, demonstrating for us what it's like to be a servant leader. He's washing their feet. He's teaching them. He says, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Blessed are you if you do them. John 10, 10, it's one of the most, one of my life scriptures for myself personally, that the thief comes to, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. I love that Jesus came to give us life. I wrote down, Jesus is the life giver. He's a life giver. He is a life giver. He came to that we would experience an abundant life in him, full of journeys and adventure, and, and, and full of challenges too, things that we have to overcome. You know, Jesus said, because of Jesus' model, he was an overcomer. He said, I want you to be an overcomer. There was perseverance. For the joy set before him, he endured. There's endurance is required. When you're, when you're facing any mountain, it will require faith and courage to face that mountain, speak to that mountain, and believe that it will be removed and cast into the sea. Galatians 6.9 says this. Galatians 6.9. Again, these are some of my life scriptures I'm really sharing with you because I love the word of God. How many of you have been in this race and you've wanted to give up? Or you, or you were persevering in the kingdom lifestyle activity. The Lord showed you. He revealed it to you. You put it into practice, or you were believing God for something that has yet to come to pass. Galatians 6, 9, and let us not grow weary. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, 
We shall reap if we do not lose heart. You know, a lot of these scriptures, there's, there's conditional things. In, I hope you're seeing some of the conditional things in there. You as a saint of God, as a believer in Jesus Christ, you as a saint of God, you have a personal responsibility to steward revelation that God gives you. You are responsible for your own spiritual journey. You can have brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and people who are going to help you, but ultimately, it's you that you do not... If you lose heart, you might not reap that benefit. If you don't practice it, people can't help you because you won't practice it. And this is not a works. People think, well, now there's legalism and works. No, it's just a principle of God's word. If you abide in him, he'll abide in you. If you don't abide in him, you don't acknowledge him, you don't even know he's around, you're not going to be able to benefit from his presence. So these are things that God wants to take us on a journey of maturity on. But man, don't lose heart. In due season, you're going to reap. Have faith, persevere. So walking in, living in this breakthrough lifestyle is a journey I pray that I wrote down some, uh, laid some foundation for even Joy and John to build on. I want to shift in my time to close to what I believe is the most major breakthrough. And I think this is a theme in this house and from many different leaders, from many different leaders in the body of Christ. But I do believe this is the major, this is the mother of all breakthroughs. <laughs> Dick, I love Dick. Dick, I actually wrote, this is the mother of all breakthroughs on my paper. The mother of all breakthroughs, the mother of all advancements for you in the kingdom of God is a shift in your thinking. Because either God is a good father or he's an angry judge. God is either a good father or he's an angry judge. This is a game changer. This is the major mother of all breakthroughs. Because the picture of Ralph over there, throw that picture up there just for a minute. So 38 years ago, 21 years old, I had an encounter with Jesus. There's me. I'm not the same person, but you know what's the greatest revelation that I've received in 38 years? That God is the most awesome father you will ever have. My earthly father came really short. I don't want to get into all the stories, but one of my favorite stories is he used to get aggravated. I got pretty big hands. I don't know if you guys ever noticed my hands. But my football coach said I had one of the biggest, biggest hands he's ever had as a tight end, but never threw me the ball. I don't know why. <laughs> like, and I actually could catch the ball, but we didn't pass the ball that much. But I got big hands, and I sat next to my father. You know, I don't know if you guys do that as a family, but everybody's got their spot. And one day, whatever mood he was in, he took a fork and he shoved it right into my hand. Now, honestly, what kind of father does that? Who does that? Right? It, it didn't seem normal. Now, again, it, it obviously disrupted the family meal. <laughs> because Mama Bear was always protecting the kids. So I think that was the meal that a plate went flying across the room, among other things, and it was another chaotic afternoon dinner meal. But see, that was kind of, if, if you got some of that stuff in you, and how about, and I'm, I'm being honest here, I gotta be honest. You grow up in Catholicism and you're like, man, who the hell is God? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just being honest. 
Because if you don't understand it, you have a wrong vision and lenses of who God the Father is through religion. And I know there's born-again believers who are Catholic. I'm not saying that. But the representation that I grew up with was chaos. And so that young guy, getting born again, he didn't know who God was. He didn't know what the Father was like. I had no, no grid for what a good God was like, but he walked me through a journey. And through this journey, even you guys five years ago, ten years ago, we've been on a journey. Old covenant theology versus better covenant theology. The realities of God being a loving father. I shared this before, but I want people to know, I sat there two years ago, three years ago, I thought I was a secure love son of God, and Harold Eberly did this thing called the gospel in chairs. Look it up on the internet, on our page. Harold Eberly revealed and unfolded a teaching that broke me to my core because I thought I was a loved son. And there's so much more to experience. So much more junk to fall off. So much more understanding of his heart for me. And for you. But it's a game changer. It's a major breakthrough. As I was praying, I know there's a lot of breakthroughs and we're standing with each and every one no matter how small or little we think they are, some of these are tremendous breakthrough desires. People are pressing into God. They're believing God. But this one of, of us all on a journey together of saying, God, the, the most major breakthrough is I have an encounter with you that I can experience you, and I know that you're good. And I know you're good all the time. And I know you're good in the midst of trauma and difficulty. I know that you're good in loss and heartache. I know that you're good as we've struggled and as we've had enough. I know that you're good. I know that you're good. I know that you're good. And it transforms you. When we get to believe that God is for us and he's on our side, that he provided a victory for us, healing for us, that he actually lives within us, that he doesn't want us to be afraid or feel isolated or alone, that Jesus truly is the life giver of all the life givers. He's a giver of life. Says he came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to crush the devil and all his works. Jesus came that the works of the devil would be destroyed. And anything that hinders you from knowing the fullness of God as a father, he wants to destroy. He's an overcomer. His victory is our victory. If we don't experience this breakthrough above all breakthroughs, I believe that we're going to be hindered. I believe that we're handicapped. I believe that we're, we're not entering into the fullness. I'll be with people and I'll be praying for people and I'll say they have not yet had a revelation of how good you are. Whatever it's doctrine, whatever it's upbringing, whatever pain, whatever trauma, whatever's going on in their heart, because this revelation of knowing he's a good father changes everything it flows from you it flows out of your life you put it into practice you put it into practice by every situation that you face the first declaration out of your mouth and i've practiced this i'll share what i wrote down on my notes because i almost felt the hesitancy to share it i am a master at this i have mastered this you know anybody love uh, malcolm gladwell's book Ten thousand hours you're a master 10,000 hours is just a principle, but it means you've devoted yourself to something to master it. 
music, art, whatever, writing. I have mastered this. I go before the Lord and I say, Lord, I have mastered this one thing. I've mastered the fact that in every season for decades, faced with whatever mountain I've ever faced, whatever trauma I've ever faced, whatever situation and circumstance that seems to be confusing me, I've aligned it with this one major revelation that you're a good father. And because you have anchored me and that you are a good father, there's nothing I could not walk through. There's nothing I have not been able to endure. There's nothing that has robbed my joy or peace. There's nothing in my life that could take your heart from me. No churches, no stuff, no people, no disappointments, no heartache, no death. I reminded a friend of mine, I lost my, both my parents when they were young. My dad died at 56 years old. I know some of you have that story, but people think, ah, oh, it's not a big deal. No, it was a big deal. But in, in that, I was anchored in knowing that I had a good father. Again, challenges with teenagers, challenges with kids, challenges with finances. Whatever the challenge was, I was mastered the reality that God is a good father. And he'll keep me young. And he is good. And, and I've experienced life in him that it's abundant life. It's, a, it's exceedingly abundantly more than I could ever ask or think. And that's what he has for you. If you don't believe that Jesus is a life giver and that he's good, you're swimming. You're swimming in the deep end, man. You're just barely keeping yourself afloat. It's, it's, it's just something that's so in my spirit today. So I want to just close, and I know uh, I'm just going to ask Brian to put on a little bit of music. I just want to wash over you with something. You don't have to do anything. But I do want you to open your heart to receive and to, and to have him reveal his heart to you. Wherever you are on this journey, you might have never had it modeled for you. You might have had a father who never showed you affection. You might have a family that's really messed up. But now you've been transferred. You literally, supernaturally have been taken from the domain of darkness, transferred into the kingdom of his son. And everything is available to you now. And as believers, I pray that you would have a revelation that God would reveal it to you and that you would be changed by it. You'd put it into practice. You would believe it. And you would, you would sit with him. You would talk to him. You would say, Jesus, take me deeper. Father, take me deeper. I want to sit with you. I want to have a cookie with you. I want to taste you. I want to know you. You reveal yourself to me so that I would know you and I would know your goodness. We are transformed by his goodness. He reveals to us. We can trust him. We can have faith in him. We can live with him. He is beautiful. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our God is three persons and one God. And he is a good God. And he cares about everything you care about. He wants you to know his love. He wants you to experience his affection in his heart. And as you behold this good God, you will, be you will be transformed. You will put into practice the same love that you've received, you will give to others. You will grow and you will get a spine and you will get strong legs. 
and you will have courage and you will be brave and you will say to the mountains, be removed, cast into the sea. And you will know in every trial and everything going on that he's a good father. You won't be shaken. You won't be moved. You'll be anchored in his love. You'll know. And that's the thing that changes. That we can declare God's goodness. And he's a good father. He's not an angry judge. We're not performing to be loved. We're completely loved. One of the most crazy things is that in that picture, God was pursuing me the whole time. I have memories in high school of him tracking me down, hounding me down, going after me, and I had, I would get away from me, get away from me, and then he captured me. He's been pursuing so many of us for so long. He pursues, he never lets up, he's relentless. We sing these songs. He is relentless in his love and affection for you. You can even wander away a little bit. You can think you got off track. In one moment, he'll say, man, you, what are you kidding me? I, was, I never left your side. I'm all about you. I love you. Father, I pray that all of us would just open our hearts to receive this revelation of your goodness. And no matter what our circumstances say, no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're looking at, we're going to be able to walk in a breakthrough that says you are good. And Father, we do not take lightly as a leadership team all the different areas of breakthrough that people are believing for. What the saints of God here at New Hope are believing for. And we pray for the breakthrough to come. The breakthrough to come. And that God will speak to you. I had a dear friend this week. He was, he was, in, he was, in, a, he was in a trauma situation but this man of God was a beautiful man. And what, what, what the Lord showed me is, man, he'll have faith for other people, but somehow he got knocked off. And he believed a lie that he could not hear from the Father anymore. That somehow the, the, it was shut off. It got turned off. And we just talked and we shared and we hugged and we cried. And I said, do you believe that God would shut you off? He said, no. It's absolutely ridiculous. And we said, let's just come before the Father. I said, what is Father saying in a flood of words? A flood of affection came to him. And he experienced the love of the Father. And he was right back where he needed to be. So Father, we're going to learn about breakthrough. We're going to learn about how to live and take land. We're going to learn how to live in victory and walk this thing out. But I pray, Father, that this greatest mother of all breakthroughs, that we would know you, we'd master this thing. We'd know who you are and how you feel about us. We'd know the true nature of the fullness of the Godhead. We'd know how amazing you truly are. Our dear friend Bill Vanderbush used to say, You're, he's so much better than you think he is. So, Father, we pray our hearts would be opened where you're speaking to us by the Holy Spirit, where you're showing us, revealing things to us, I pray the courage to take action, to put into practice what the Lord is showing you. Each one of us is on a journey. Obey, have faith, do what he says to do. Do what he says to do. Father, what an honor to stand before this beautiful body of people. My heart is always, in every silliness, is to bring strength to you, to bring encouragement to you.
to, to, to strengthen you in your walk with God, that you would be equipped for every good work. So Father, I bless this church family. I bless each and every family, individual. Lord, I pray in your precious name, Jesus, that the body would be strengthened today and your word would be alive in them and they would be walking in the fullness of who you are in their lives, in their personal lives, their families, their children, their work. Every area of life would just be invaded by you, Jesus. And we bless the saints of God in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen, amen. 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 Give the Lord a clap. The Lord is good. Thanks so much for listening to this week's message. Feel free to contact us for further resources at newhopecom.org.